Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hey everybody, how are you doing out there? I am doing so well. I'm happy to be here today to talk to you. The inspiration for my subject today came when I was watching a video about the number one chart hitter for the classical music charts. And, you know, I'm usually not the hugest, you know, watcher of classical music top 40 or whatever. But it came on my Facebook because it was from the presiding bishop, Bishop Kusi, and he was part of it. He's a pianist, and he says, I'm not professional or anything, but I've just played, and obviously he's, like, amazing. And he teamed up with another pianist, and they have the most beautiful album. And he mentioned that you can find happiness through your darkest moments. And I thought, wow, that is so true. And so I wanted to make a podcast along that topic because I loved what I heard so much. You can find happiness even in the darkest trials, the most terrible things. We're talking about the things that you cannot find comfort. Like there's some things in life that no matter how much positive thinking you do, uh, you can't turn the negative into a positive like Pitbull tells us in his rap music. And you can't listen to your family tell you, you can do this, you know, and you're just kind of at your last rope. So that's what I wanted to focus on today. If you're out there and you're having a hard time and nothing's really turning it around for you, that's who I want to focus on today. And if you're not feeling that way, hopefully you can listen and pocket this little info to when you are feeling that way so that you have a resource to go to to get yourself out of the dark times. We don't want to be stuck there. I don't want you guys to be stuck there. I want you to get out and know that there is happiness even when it is so tough. There is a scripture in the Bible, James 1 verse 2. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, other versions of the Bible basically say that the diverse temptations mean trials of many kinds. Okay, so you're telling me that I need to count it all joy when I'm in the middle of all these trials and temptations? Uh, yeah, that's hard to do. And the next verse says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So how in the heck are we joyful during these things? Gosh, that's a toughie. Another inspiration for my topic today was I was thinking about the movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, this movie's like epic. You you gotta know this movie. If you haven't watched it, go watch it around Christmas time. It's about a character, George Bailey, and he is wanting to commit suicide on Christmas Eve. And this guardian angel comes and 
is able to stop him from committing suicide because the angel jumps into the river. So George has to save him. Anyways, the reason for it is he thought he was at the end of his rope. His bank that he has saved and worked with his whole life had this mishap with all this missing cash. And so he owed it. It was going to go under by this terrible potter person that owned most of the town. And he overheard that he was worth more dead than alive, basically. And he just felt like his dreams were never realized. His vision of his life was so bad at that point that he was ready to end it all. So I would say that is a very, very, very dark place. Now, as the movie goes, the angel showed him what his life would be like if he had never been born because he made some comment, you know, I don't want to live. I wish I'd never been born or whatever. So the angel's like, okay, I'm going to grant you that wish. So then he saw what his life would be like if he had never been born. He wouldn't have been married to his, his wife. It kind of went along his life and showed him what it would have been like. His brother had fallen into a pond at one point, and and he saved him. But with him not ever being born, he wasn't able to save his brother. So his brother had died. His wife was this old maid who'd never been married, who didn't recognize him. The town, his little town that he lived in, was called Potterville instead of the other name because it was owned by this terrible person, Potter guy, that bought everything up. The bank that he had, savings and loan, or whatever it was called, had been taken over by Potter. Just everything that he loved in life was gone. And he realized, through this angel showing him this vision of, you know, losing it all and what life would have been like without him. You know, all the people that he had blessed in his life and all the blessings that he had and he he was just so filled with joy he didn't care about this problem that he had with his bank and and so when he returned back to life he was this changed person with this focus that was like amazing and when you think of that when I think of that I think that it's so much more than just how we perceive things it is our true focus So I want to talk a little bit about focus. Focus is one of the three things that makes up meaning or emotions that we feel. And I've talked about it before. There's three things that make up our emotions, what we experience, our feelings. Those three things are our thoughts, our physiology, and our focus. So today I want to talk about focus because it truly can help at least alleviate some pain in our darkest moments. So, focus. There's so many things happening around us, but are we even aware of them? Think about where you are right now. Okay, there might be the buzzing of the air conditioner. There might be your child practicing the piano in the background. There might be millions of ants (laughs) building their tunnels in your backyard. There might be the sound of a bird. There might be beautiful trees, the sound of the wind, the rays of sunshine, or the droplets of rain. You know where I'm going with this. There's just so many things going on, but our brain only chooses to focus on a few. 
So I want you to do a little exercise. Okay, go with this for me because this is fun. <laughs> I promise. Okay, right now, if you're in some room, wherever you are, I want you to stop and take a look around and notice everything that is brown. Okay? Everything that's brown. There's got to be some brown things. So look around. Right now, I can see like a brown jacket. There's things that are brown on my wall that not sure what they are, Hope, hoping for the best there with the, the brown mark. Okay, so look around. Everything that is brown. Okay, now I want you to close your eyes and shout out, or you don't have to shout, but say aloud everything that is green in your room. Keep your eyes closed. What's green? Okay, there's got to be some stuff in there. Try to remember. Try to remember really hard. I know you were focusing on the brown. Okay, have you said a few things that you think might have been green? Okay, so open your eyes. Now look at what's green. <laughs> now you can see. Okay, so this exercise just kind of shows you that when we focus on the brown, sometimes we focus on the brown, the, the yucky stuff in life. Not that brown is totally yucky, but it's just metaphoric. But our brain likes to focus on the things that maybe need improvement or the things that aren't going right, the things that aren't the best, the problems. Our brain is a problem solver, and that's a great thing. But we tend to focus on those type of things. Another thing with the exercise is just showing you what's around you. So we focus on one thing so many times. We are not even aware of all the other colors in our life, all the beautiful, amazing, amazing things. All right, so it's been, again, what I said, it's not just our perception of things, but it's what we choose to focus on. All right, so our brown. So today I want to list a few things that we can think about, that we can start to notice so that we can put more color and change our focus a little bit. All right, number one goes back to Bishop Cousy. I want you to notice things in music. Music is such a therapy. I mean, there's a, there's a whole thing about music therapy. It's a whole major. It's a whole degree in universities. So playing or listening to great, great music. Think about the last time you've listened to something great. It can be even rock music, okay? Like the things that, what happens to your body when you're listening to amazing music? What happens to your body and your mind and your heart when you're playing really great music? Something happens. I'm not going to go into the amazing things that happen in your brain, but it's there. It's therapeutic. It is healing. We can find solace. We can find peace. And then some music, you know, with the words along with it, it can heal our souls. It can allow that spirit to come into our hearts. I know that running without music is hard. <laughs> when I add music to it, it's like this adventure that can happen <laughs> that really expands anything that I'm doing. And it can put joy into it. It can make it fun. Are we allowed to have fun in life? Yes. Okay, so let's number one, let's include that music and what that means to you. Great music. That was number one. Number two, decide now that you're going to get lost in a moment. Think of a good moment, a good experience, a person. 
This came to me as I was watching my seven-year-old shoot hoops. He loves basketball more than anything. And I just decided to sit and watch and get lost in the moment of his sheer goodness that this seven-year-old is so pure <laughs> and he loves it so much and he tries so hard when he shoots his long-range shots. Get lost in that moment. Be present. Don't think of the past. Don't think of the future. And of course, if you have kids or nieces and nephews, anybody that's a loved one, it's easy to do this with. Think about how their eyes look. Think about, you know, in that very moment, how hard my seven-year-old was trying. It just makes my heart fill with that joy, with that pure joy. You can sit and think of any good moment, but I want you to be present. It's that simple for our number two. Now, number three is I want you to think of a friend who recently did something for you. Okay, do you have that friend? I have a friend named Diana, and we just became friends, and she knew that I needed things. <laughs> I was pregnant with my fifth child. She brought over all these freezer meals, I mean, without being asked. And then once my baby was born, she is taking my children to the summer movies every week. I mean, one day she took them like to her house all day and it was amazing. She knew the things that I needed and she just did them for me. So think of that person. Now I want you to think of somebody who would do anything for you. I mean anything. Now I'm sure Diana would, but I mean somebody who would take a bullet for you. Now, of course, my husband would, but for some reason, my brother, Brad, comes into my mind. <laughs> my brother, Brad, is the type of person, like during high school, I had this boyfriend who would cause me a little angst, and my brother, Brad, would show up at his house in his 81 white Camaro, you know, acting tough. Were you messing with my sister? You know, he's just one of those who's always been so protective of me. He's also one of those who chased down a person who stole somebody's purse in the mall and like captured it. Like it was a total movie scene where he jumped over the hood of a car even like this whole thing and got on top of the guy until other people noticed and they could get the police to help. So he's just one of those people who would do anything for you, especially for me being his sister. So I want you to think of that person and think of how lucky you are to have that person in your life. And if you truly feel like you don't have anyone, you do have someone. If you have a faith in Christ, you've, you have Christ. Don't forget him. You have the Savior. He has already taken that bullet for you. That bullet was the cross. You could always think of him. So number four, I want you to think of the resurrection. I want you to think of a new life. If it is that bad right now, contemplate the resurrection. Look up every scripture you can about it. Think about how your body will be renewed. Think about how your emotions will be renewed. Think about all the newness in life because of him. And that the resurrection and the power of that resurrection and the atonement can work for you right now. You don't have to wait until he comes, until you are resurrected physically. It can work for you now. 
as you try to change your vision and your focus. Okay, so number five is gratitude. Okay, I list this as a lot of my points a lot of times. But gratitude. Now there's a scripture in the Doctrine and Covenants that says, it's 59 verse 7. Thou shalt thank the Lord thy God in all things. Wait a second. Not just the good stuff. <laughs> you know, when I was younger and I would think of, you know, thanking him in all things, all the things. I would just, okay, let me just think of all the things I'm thankful for and I will thank Heavenly Father for those things. No, all things. Not just the ones you're already thankful for. So that means we have to be thankful for the other things. Yeah. <laughs> That's sometimes hard to do. But try it. Find those things that are super hard and think of how you are thankful for them and what they are going to do for you. Now, there was a really cool study, and I just looked it up. It is on collectiveevolution.com if you want to read more about it. So what they did was they divided um, about 300-ish people who were seeking therapy and they divided them into three groups. The first group was given therapy, so sessions once a week, plus they were asked to write a letter to someone every week and tell them how thankful and grateful they were for them. So they had to physically write that letter. The second group was therapy once a week, Plus, they were writing a journal of all the things that were ailing them, all the things that were troubling them, okay? So they were writing those thoughts and feelings down that were troubling them. So nothing about gratitude, just kind of a, a journal where anything, you, you're describing your terrible feelings, you're describing what's hurting you. So, and then the third group was just therapy. So, what did they find? You can probably guess where I'm going with this, but the first group did so much better, and they were reported to have, and, and all of these, I'm sorry, I didn't start with telling you, they had depression. So, the first group, without therapy and without doing the gratefulness letters, for the next three months were measured, and they did so much better I believe it was a 20%, which is good. Any percent is good. So a 20% after it was all done. Now, while they were doing it, they were finding that they were 75% better, that they were feeling better. But I'm just saying after all, it was all over, they were still on average about 20% better. Now, the middle group did worse. Okay, remember the middle group was the one that was writing everything out, the, 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 their feelings, their bad feelings. And, and so where do you think their focus is going? It's going on all the bad stuff. So <laughs> they did worse. And then the last one that were just getting therapy, they fared about the same. So gratefulness does something. And in the study too, they talked about they had um, MRIs on the brain that were um, uh, measuring wavelengths and connections between the brain and the heart and they were showing that all these positive outcomes I'm just really really summarizing this um, because I just glanced at this article but that it could be measured that the MRI could see the connection 
when um, there was gratefulness, when they were asked to think, and when they were in that process of thinking about being grateful. So it's amazing what it can do just for the brain and brain activity. So that sounds good to me. So I'm going to go back and Again, these are just the small things where we can take a glimpse of happiness during our hardest trials. Number one, playing or listening to great music. Number two, be lost in the moments. Be present, people. Find that goodness. This one can really, really work. Number three, think of a friend who did something for you and think of someone who would do anything for you and how lucky you are to have them in your life, how blessed you are. And then number four, think about the resurrection of the Savior. Number five, gratitude. If we can live in gratitude, that can completely shift our focus for everything else. Start by once a week. Try, try this thing that the people did. Write a letter. Wow, that would do so much for us to actually write it out and express our thanks and think about the recipient. They would be so happy. Now I want to say one more thing before I close about focus and how important it is. Our focus is also determined by our internal evaluation. Okay, think about your thoughts. Think about how you evaluate things. Oh, that party was good because this and that and that. I mean, our internal thoughts are a complete, they're an infinite evaluation. We are evaluating everything all the time. And how are we evaluating it? We are asking questions about it. Okay? So, it's these questions that we ask ourselves that can be damaging, or the questions that we ask ourselves can be uplifting. So here's some examples of the questions that we have in our minds, and especially when things aren't going right the way that we want them to. Okay, can you guess which question I'm going to ask? Why me? Okay, this happens all the time. Why, 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 why me? Or why do I always do this? You know, when you feel like you're messing up or... Why did this happen? Why can't I do it right? Why? Okay. That downward depressive why me statement. Another question, and this is just for like some certain examples. How do I do this? Okay. If something's really difficult. For example, wait, how do I lose weight? Why is it so hard? Or how do I deal with my ex? How do I get rid of these triggers? This is hard, okay, folks? So these types of questions will get you nowhere. <laughs> All right? Do they seriously get you anywhere? No. They probably just get you to a place where you're feeling worse about yourself. Okay, so ask better questions. And then guess what happens? You'll get better answers. You'll get better results. And you'll get better general consequences in your life. So let's start to flip the questions that get you nowhere. All right? Are you ready for this? <laughs> okay. Why not me? Right? Why not? And does this always happen? Do I always do this? Okay, get rid of the always and the nevers right now because they don't exist. There's no possible way it always, 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 or never, never, never. Okay? Stop it. Just stop. Don't. Just get rid of it. Because that too 
it causes so much blame, the nevers and the always. And you, you can see that right now. Okay, so why not me? And then evaluate, wait, do I always do this? Do I have to be so hard on myself? Okay, stop those questions and flip them. No, I don't always do this. No, sometimes I do. Why? Okay, now, here's the fun flip. How can I lose weight was one of the negative questions. But, or how do I deal with this X? Or how, how, how can I do this? Why don't you add, how can I lose weight and make it fun? How can I deal with my X in a positive way? Okay, so that's a better question. How can I get rid of these triggers in a fun way? How can I respect this person and almost make it a game? Like you have to be creative sometimes with people that maybe are really hard to deal with. Ask yourself different questions. Or how can I make this more simple instead of why is this so hard? How's this? Why is it always hard? How can I make it simple? So that means you're really owning it. Okay, and I just wanted to end on that because I think it's so important to ask the better questions because that's where better answers and better results will come from the questions that we're asking ourselves. So please evaluate your questions and decide to flip them. The only way we can do that is to notice. All right, we've got to notice what we're asking ourselves. And for those of you who are struggling, I am so sorry for your struggle. I know it is real. But a lot of the thoughts and things in our minds are not real. And we think, this is a very real thing that I'm feeling. Yes, your feelings are real, but the thoughts are determining it. Your focus is so huge. Let's switch our focus. Let's focus on the 99.9% .9 of things that we're not focusing on. And start to notice the good. You can do this. If you need help, I am here for you. I will make it easier for you. This is one way that you can ask your questions. How can I do this and make it fun? Oh, by having Emily Sanchez as my coach. <laughs> so email me, coachemilysanchez at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really, really grateful for you and hope you have a great day. Take care. Make it what you want. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at coachemilysanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe, and as always, make it a great day.